You are listening to Aging Issues Radio and Joe Soricelli. This is the station that will help you age into and through retirement. We bring advice and education on all of the issues that we face as we get older, offering financial and life strategies. Hope you enjoy the subject matter and our down-to-earth and simple solutions to the problems we all eventually face. While the issues are not unique, the solutions are for you. Hi, this is Joe Soricelli. I'm coming to you live from Aging Issues Radio. We're going to talk about something that everybody thinks about as they age. And that's basically housing for both your personal and financial health. See, that's my house behind me right now. I just turned 65. I am going to be staying in the house uh, for a period of time. But there are other people that sit back and say, no, I'm retiring. I'm thinking about, you know, changing. I'm thinking about all sorts of questions. So we're going to cover three of the basic questions that every senior faces. And the questions are, should I stay in, you know, age in place? Should I sell and maybe change and go live with somebody or go find someplace else to live, theoretically an assisted living facility, or go live with one of my kids? And then the bigger question is, if and when, it's usually not if, it's when I may need some assistance, where's the best place to provide it, both from a safety perspective and a financial perspective? So let's start with that first question, right? I want to stay. I want to stay in my house. I don't want to move. I love my neighborhood. I love my neighbors. Neighbors do move, no matter how you look at it. Uh, my father outlived everybody in his neighborhood, and eventually he did relocate. But he stayed there for an extra 20 years because everybody was still there. But what we did do is we changed things in the house. Because the first thing you have to look at is, is that existing house a safe place to live? Well, one of the reasons why I'm choosing my house as an example right now, you can notice that there's only one step to get into the house. We've all gone to houses where there is a staircase in the front. When there's a staircase in the front, it's not easy to get in and out. And everybody says, oh, I'm going to go in through the garage. Well, usually from the basement or the garage, there's a staircase to get to the main level of the house. And then depending upon the design of the house, right, there may be a staircase to get to the master bedroom suite. So that's a very important part of the puzzle when you're talking about, can I stay in my house? Can I create a safe environment? Because you see... You know, you, stairs are a hazard. There are ways to modify a house that will, you know, assist in stairs, but stairs are still going to be in the house. People put chair lifts in. Oh, that gets you up and down. Also carries the laundry basket if, you, if you're still healthy, you don't need, but it carries things up and down the stairs. That's one first level modification, and it's not a very expensive and it's not a very permanent modification. 
other individuals now, right, that truly want to stay in their house long term are putting elevators in their house. And putting an elevator in the house isn't what, what people think it is. It frequently is, is cutting a hole from the first floor to the second floor of about 42 inches in diameter, right? And then the elevator is a freestanding unit that just brings you from the first floor to the second floor. It basically, if you design it, it can just open a trap door so it doesn't even look like there's an elevator on the second floor. Or you can build a, you know, a, a small doorway or a section where the, where the unit comes up. But putting elevators in the houses increases the ability to stay. Now, there's tons of other modifications that we have to make. But the first thing, the very, very first thing you have to do is, can I get around? Am I going to be, you know, is my house going to be accept, accessible? So you have to look at that. Now you have to overlay what are the costs involved? Putting an elevator in a house could be a fifty dollars to $75,000 investment. Putting a chairlift in the house is five dollars to $10,000 of an investment. It may not be a permanent but, you know, solution, but it may buy you an extra you know, five or 10 years. As you know, aging issues management professes stages. Right now, I don't have to worry about getting in and out of the house or going up the steps. I'm still a healthy 65 year old. 10 years from now, which is the next stage, which we, myself and my wife are thinking about, maybe things will change, but we do plan on trying to stay in the house because there's a whole nother bunch of questions that come up. And those questions are, where are my kids? Well, they're all right now within 10 miles of my house. We get to see them. They get to see us. That's a, that's a piece because when and if we need help, usually the children are the first, first line of defense in getting that help. The second questions that come up as you go into retirement and you talk about staying in your house, can you afford to do it? Westchester County the taxes are not going down. They're going up. Even if we, as we age and we get additional tax uh, you know, exemptions or credits for our real estate taxes, it's still pretty expensive on a tax perspective to live in Westchester. We also have that wonderful you know, utility bill. Con Ed, once again, isn't getting cheaper. It's getting more expensive. People think about converting, you know, the, you know, we do analysis for clients. Is it worthwhile converting to solar? Can't tell you because the upfront charges are fairly significant, right? And then we have to talk about just simply, all right, I'm going to stay in this house for the rest of my life. Well, that may be a great, a great plan, but is it feasible? Is it feasible? We all know a house in the neighborhood that somebody stayed longer than maybe they should have for possibly financial reasons, maybe in the cheapest place to live, and they didn't want to relocate. But we also now see the results in that they don't keep the house up most of the time. Now I have a neighbor who unfortunately became a widow, right? And what she's been doing for the last year is everything from 
uh, new HVAC, new sh new windows, new roof. Uh, she's upgrade. You know, she's making the house, and she's in her eighties. She's in her eighties. So, you know, uh, I think she's got 15, 20 years of life expectancy because, we, you know, if you're a healthy 80 some odd year old, you should live, live for another 10 plus years. Right. So she's preparing the house to stay. The only thing I don't like about the house, it's a high ranch. And we talked about it. And she's going to probably put an elevator in the house, too, so she can get from the garage, which is drive in to the main living space on the high ranch level. She didn't realize that it could be done with so little impact to the actual house. So we've got all of those questions that have to be answered when you talk about, I want to stay in the house. Now let's go to the next thing. I can't make the house a safe place to live. So now we, you know, we have to talk about where do I want to go? Now we talk about vision. Where do I want to live? What do I look, you know, what would that ideal home be from the new me? And when I say the new me, the new me could be a 75 or an 80 year old me that doesn't want to do steps, doesn't want to do, you know, uh, anything else, but still wants to be able to go out back or have a yard or I can't, I can't tell you what it may be. Right. But, you know, or I want someplace, I want to live in hotel style living. Do you know what I call hotel style living? An assisted living facility. Because it's a month to month rental in most cases. And it gives you everything. It gives you the furnishings, it gives you the common area, it gives you a place to eat, it gives you a lot of different things. I don't know what that next home or the next ideal home will be for you. And it will be based upon those questions that we talked about initially. Do I need, you know, do I need, uh, you know, or do I want to avoid steps? Do I want to be close to my family? There's so, so many factors that go into, you know, that question that I want to go. And then, you know, the first piece, which I talked about renting, you know, in essence, uh, I could rent a condo. I can rent a co-op. I can rent uh, one of my, very popular for my clients is I try to find three bedroom condos or co-ops, preferably condos, right? All in a building, multiple flavor, but it's a single level, right? Ideal location, ideal, I'll say ideal apartment or ideal combo, condo, three bedroom, three bedroom, two bath with a terrace or some access to fresh air. Sort of cut, most of the time they're about 1500 square feet, average small house. Why do I talk about three bedrooms? Most people have a den right now or a TV room. Most people need that master bedroom with a master bedroom suite. And we usually convert the bathrooms right away because what we want is a walk-in shower with a lot of the different safety, safety bars, dual heads, a handheld piece, lots of different things that go on. But we make the bathroom extremely safe to age in place. Sometimes we even take off the door and put a, a barn door, sliding door on so it's e easier access and entry but we do do modifications. The third bedroom is there for the what if. If I need help, if somebody has to spend the night, there's some place for them to sleep. If I have to bring in, you know, long-term care, there's some place for a home, you know, for a caregiver to have for their own. Second bathroom, 
I'm sorry, I like I don't like people using my bathroom, right? My master suite. So the second bathroom is for the caretaker and for any guests. And then everything else around inside the unit is one floor. So it's easy to get around. And if it's in a location near other people, it's phenomenal because you know something? As we age, we are social human beings. And the more socially active you are, the more people you talk to, the likelihood is the longer you will live. So you gotta make these decisions. You know, you can rent that, especially if you think it's only a five-year period of time. You can own it, right? You could potentially, you know, uh, look at assisted living. Or a lot of people do say, I'm going to go live with my family member, a family member, or somebody. That's still very popular. The only difference is we still have to go back to the first questions. Is it safe? Sometimes, you know, we've, we've had situations where a person has sold a house and then put an extension on their kid's house and made it 100% user, you know, user friendly and fully accessible. And what I love about that is usually you just put one door in between the two because as we age and other issues may come on, we don't want to impose because ultimately there may be a caregiver involved. My daughter will be the primary, you know, primary point person. I won't even say the primary caregiver, but she'll be answering all the questions, you know, to for the doctors, so forth and so on. And then you always have to even question, you know, as I said, what's the ideal home? Maybe it's two. Maybe I want a, you know, a, a nice one bedroom apartment for the next 10 years of my life up in New York. And then I want a nice one or two bedroom apartment down in some other state. I'm not going to say Florida. Everybody always says Florida, but maybe not Florida, maybe a different state. And then again, we always come back to this. How can I make this financially advantageous, number one? Because if we sell that big primary residence, hopefully we have a bunch of equity in it and we might be able to buy something for cash, right? And still have some money left over. And then the last piece most people say, I don't even want to think about moving. What am I going to do with everything? What am I going to do with the 40, 50 years of memories that I have in, in this house? In the house behind me, I have 30 years of memories. Right? Uh, probably will be when it gets sold, 40 or 50 years of memories. But you got to figure out what to do. And stress is a big piece of that puzzle. When you talk about stressors, it's from the hummels that are sitting in the, in the, uh, in the break front to all of the stuff that's in, that, in the attic that you haven't looked at in 10 years. So you gotta start somewhere. Now we have services that we employ, move managers, whatever, Right. Sometimes it's nothing more than junk lovers. If you really know, we had a, we had a client that said, I haven't been in my basement in 10 years. She said, anything that I need down there, right, I've already gotten. So just empty it. Right. 
And while we were emptying it, we found all sorts of stuff. And yes, you know, you know, somebody had to be there to monitor it. But pretty much it was just a factory line of junk loggers to a, to a container. And they filled the truck. They filled the truck from the basement, right, uh, with the boxes and all. So that stress of what do I do with my stuff? How do I arrange to move from point A to point B? And then there's the stress of will I like this, sec this new location? You see, when you talk about I want to go, it's not the decision today unless, and I'm going to say this happens, unless the existing house is totally unsafe, can't be made safe, can't, you can't function in it. We all know people that have had accidents or have come out of the house and have had to go to usually an assisted living facility to start and then make additional decisions because their home is not was not safe. Sometimes it's putting a ramp in the front of the house. Sometimes it's putting an elevator in. But I always tell people when the, when the basic structure of the house without major, major changes, right, isn't safe, it's not going to be there. So go look for another house even in the same neighborhood. I, use, I, I tell realtors all the time right now, please, please, if you find a ranch with zero entry, similar to what I'm looking at right now, let me know because I probably have somebody that would be interested in buying it, renovating it for themselves, and then living in it for another 10 years plus, another stage of their life. Let's talk about, you know, that fi those financial pieces. I mean, it's when you deal with a planner, a manager, they'll help you identify if it is financially advantageous to make the move or stay. Now we come to that last question, which we've sort of talked about a lot, but not directly. And that's it. That's it. The question of for healthy housing, and I'm going to use a phrase of healthy housing and the needs that come along with healthy housing, right, is I may need help. Pretty much everyone at some point will need some assistance. It could be for years. It could be for days. It could be some period in between that. But you do have to start to look at and plan. As I said, ideal three-bedroom, three-bedroom condo, floor updated, make a safe bathroom, do everything else, have some place for somebody to live. A caretaker. Now you can bring caretakers in daily, but that adds stress a lot of times because you don't know who's coming through the door. There's all different reasons. First question that comes up when you start talking about needing help. It may not come from you. That decision about a healthy house or a safe house may be identified by somebody else. Now, you have to have that conversation with family members and you gotta keep the harmony because you ever notice, especially when you, when you have, you know, not everybody thinks the same way. I don't care if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you have one child, four children or anything else, you have no children, you have an advisor, you have somebody else, you know, that you trust their opinions. You may not agree with them because you may say, I want to stay in this house. I want to stay in this house. And they may sit back and say, but it's not safe. Which I've said, you know, to somebody, you fell down the steps once, right? 
you fell down the steps a second time. Both times, you know, it, there were incidences, but we were able to get you to the hospital and then go from the hospital and all the other stuff, uh, come out of the hospital. Because you gotta remember when the, the hospital has a primary role is they can only release you to a safe environment. If your house and your care it, it isn't being provided in your home, that's not a safe environment. So they're gonna sit back and tell you, you're gonna need to go to a nursing home for, or a rehab facility to start. And then the rehab facility has the same obligation to release you to a safe environment. And if they can't, you may have to go to an assisted living and stay there for a while. It, it's, it's, it's a discussion that is better had now than in a crisis situation. And then how to have that discussion is very difficult to maintain family harmony. It's no question about it. It's one of the most difficult things in the world for a child to go to a parent and say, I don't think the house is safe. I think we have to, you know, you have to move out. That's difficult. That's, you know, parents just, you know, envision, you know, that child sliding down the banister, right? Uh, I, it's, it's a very difficult situation and, it's, and accepting it is very, very difficult. Now, there are ways, as I said, to make that house a safe environment. And if you need, you need care, theoretically 24 seven or 12 hours a day or whatever, staying in the house sometimes can be the least expensive way of providing that care. Because anybody have any, you know, I'm talking as if everybody's in the room. I'm used to the old days when we had these live seminars. And I am having a live seminar, which we're going to talk about on June 21st, covering these issues. But you have to figure out what is the cost going to be for the alternatives. Assisted living, while it's hotel style living and it's advertised on TV and everything else, is not cheap. You have to do a financial plan. You have to say, how can I, how, you know, can I afford to go into an assisted living? And then there's a second whole piece is if I go into the assisted living, well, I wanted to leave the proceeds of my house to my kids. If I spend it all on assisted living, my kids aren't going to get the, an inheritance. That may not sit well with people, right? And then you come up to, you know, how does the how did the care costs get paid? It's constantly evolving, at least in the state of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, three states that I mostly work with. It's constantly evolving. New York used to have extremely liberal policies on how to provide care in a home. Still very liberal, much more liberal in Connecticut and uh, New Jersey, but a little bit more difficult. But it may be the least, it may be the best way to provide care for a person who needs supervision or assistance in their home. And we might be able to get the government to pay for some of it with proper planning. It's basically a Medicaid plan. And you talk to an advisor aging issues management, an attorney, whoever, and you start talking about, you know, how can I get assistance from the government? 
that house that you own is what's known as a protected asset. And if a family member lives with you two out of the previous five years helping care for you, it's protected for that family member. So you can preserve the value of the home and still get assistance from the government. There's other parts of it, but that's probably what we're talking about here more than anything else, because we're making a housing decision. And then just for yourself, the, 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 you know, there are estate planning parts that you know, come into play at the same point. That uh, if my children inherit my house, they inherit at the current value, not at the cost basis. If I sell my house, I might have a massive, massive capital gain that I have to pay. So I don't want to pay the government $200,000 on a million dollar home. Right? But if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. So there's all sorts of planning that gets involved. Right? And what we're really doing is a financial plan taking into the account all of your housing needs. And I hope you enjoyed these com this conversation and the issues that it brings up for both you in the decision-making process of should I stay or should I go? And then the second piece, how do I talk to my family? Or did my family talk to me? My daughter wants me to sell the house every other day, right? I, me and my wife are, don't want to do that. My son wants me to keep the house. Nobody has the same opinions. So guess what? We are staying right now, but we're also in a house that works for us right now. It's a safe and healthy decision to stay in the house at the current time. Talk to all of you again soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Aging Issues Radio and Joe Sorcelli. This podcast has been for informational and educational purposes only. It is not to be construed as financial or legal advice specific to your circumstances. If you need help with any matter, be sure to consult with an advisor regarding your specific needs. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from Aging Issues Management. Thank you and tune in again.